Hi, Dr. Kirk Triplett here, Pastors Positive Mental Health, um, helping churches flourish. And so uh, we, I, as promised, we're diving into burnout. Now, this is something that obviously uh, you would say, well, you're a pastor positive mental health guy. What are you dealing with burnout? Well, burnout is, is the, the contrast um, that we have to positive mental health. And it's important for us to understand burnout, um, especially for pastors and especially for church members so they can look for burnout in their pastors. And so I think it's important for us to understand that burnout is very common in pastors. In fact, uh, 42% of pastors in the last year have uh, indicated that they have considered quitting. Now, we understand that that uh, some of the challenges that we have is because of the pandemic and some of the the ambiguous job expectations and and just the the relentless uh pursuit of trying to figure out how to get people back to church and and so there's just been a lot of of stress and anxiety that has caused pastors to feel this way. And so we want to look at those things that contribute to that. We also need to look at the stages of, of burnout as according to, to Maslow, Maslach, Christina, Dr. Christina Maslach, um, who has this uh, stages of burnout. So we'll only look at one today, but it's important one part of that. It's important for us to understand, though, too, that pastors are part of the helping profession. And pastors are second only to counselors for the worst mental health in a helping profession. That's with paramedics, that's with first responders, that's with police officers um, and doctors and nurses. And so they have uh, almost, the pastors have almost the worst uh, mental health, um, which is sad, right? Because here pastors are trying to help people. They're trying to encourage them in their spiritual life. They're trying to give them the outlook of a hopeful future and if they have the worst mental health. So First thing we should look at, what are some of those things that are considered negative mental health? So stress, anxiety, depression are the three main things that are part of negative mental health. And we see these play a heavy part in the idea of burnout. So there's three components to burnout. And I would say that when we look at them, uh, they actually are stages of burnout would be would be my interpretation of it because they are emotional exhaustion depersonalization, and then a lack of personal accomplishment. Now, if we contrast the lack of personal accomplishment uh, to positive mental health, we know that that one of the things we covered in positive mental health is personal satisfaction. So if you have personal satisfaction, you're probably not going to have a low sense of um, accomplishment. So we look at these, and I really think if we look at the progression, and we'll look strictly at depersonalization today. I'm not going to make these a very long, it's like a, a brief mini series over the next few weeks. I don't want these to be a real long explanation. It's just some things for us to be aware of. But uh, the emotional exhaustion uh, begins, um, and, and that's really all starts. And so we can understand why many pastors over the last couple of years have struggled with wanting to stay in uh, the profession because of the amount of emotional exhaustion. I mean, we take the pandemic and we look at churches um, that that were divided uh, because of uh, different philosophies and ideas and, and political stances based upon the information that was given over the pandemic. And you throw in uh, just the craziness of of a, a, a election that was in turmoil, and just the dis the, the 
the uh, what distrust I would say of of government officials and distrust of of media and then uh, different medias with agendas and you have people in the churches who who didn't who don't know what to believe or they're holding strong to one side and the other side is holding strong to the other and and we're missing Christian charity in it all and the pastor is caught in the middle of it all trying to serve people and help them realize that God's kingdom is more important than the kingdom of this world. So a lot of confusion at the beginning and then a lot of frustration and and just a lot of different emotions that have played in and the pastor carries all of those things. So again, it's no wonder that pastors feel this way. And so, uh, and maybe we'll look at that uh, in future episodes, uh, how, how a pastor can navigate uh, these times of turmoil in, in, in society and in, in life. Uh, but no, that's another episode. So let's look at this idea of emotional exhaustion. Um, I would say that, that emotional exhaustion plays in part with physical exhaustion. Um, it's very rare for someone to not be physically tired if they are emotionally tired. Um, and I would say that usually emotions and emotional exhaustion can make someone feel more tired and more unmotivated. So when we see this idea of emotional exhaustion, I had a friend who said that this constant 24-7 bombardment and access to, to the media and the burdens of the world is killing us. We were never meant to carry uh, the burdens of the world only Jesus can, and so. But often we find that that there are seasons. Uh, in fact, this last week I, I ended up getting you know three prayer requests in a matter of of twenty hours that I sent out to our to our congregation, and and one of the congregation members reached out to me and she goes, I don't know how you handle it. She goes, all these prayer requests. And, um, and, and the point is, that's what we do as pastors. We, we receive these prayer requests. We have things going on in our churches um, that are serious issues, serious problems, serious familial uh, disruption and dysfunction, serious sin in the churches, uh, serious uh, balance between people feeling like they're important to you. Uh, people have expectations for you. Uh, people come and in fact I had a, a gentleman you know he comes to me and I feel like I'm kind of uh, his uh, directory I well here call this person or here's this resource and so I think that that again we realize that that pastors look at the work that they do as sacred work and so when you bring in all the, the problems and the burdens, um, even though we do have the Holy Spirit and we have Jesus and we're supposed to cast our burdens upon him for he cares for us, and, and do be, and, but we're told not to be anxious for anything, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And the problem is, is often you as a pastor are expected to fix these things that can only be fixed by a miraculous work of God in the life of a person and their response to that work of the Holy Spirit. And people often come with these expectations. So I remember years ago, um, we had a, a couple that I counseled. Uh, for marriage counseling. And, uh, you know, there's a limit to my ability to do marriage counseling. I typically tell people, um, you got four weeks with me. And really what it is, is I've never found a couple who are pursuing, if they're individually pursuing Christ and looking at Philippians chapter two and considering the need of, of one another above their own, I've never seen them be in serious um, marital uh, difficulties. 
What I find is people who have two and three marriages and who have expectations uh, that their spouse will be, you know, who they want them to be and find that they're not. Um, So this one couple that it was his third marriage, her fourth, I believe. And uh, she wanted him to start coming to church because she wanted him to get saved. So he shows up to church receives Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, gets excited about his relationship with Jesus. And um, she, then they start having problems. So I'm sitting with them and her idea was that uh, she wanted him to start coming to church so that she would, so that he would serve her, so that he would be nicer to her, uh, not so that he would fall in love with Jesus, not so that he would be get involved in the church and, and actually want to give money to the church, but that so he could be tolerable. <laughs> so there's strife again in this. And so I remember sitting with them and, and he says to me, he says, well, you know, she tried to shoot her last husband and she quickly responds, well, only after he tried to light me on fire. And so, you know, and I realized, well, this is, here's a, here's a card for a counselor. I realized it was not something that I was equipped to deal with. Um, but yet you carry that, you, you become friends with people and you carry their burdens and you carry their emotions and you want, you want for them to, to, to be successful, not only in this life, but especially in their spiritual life. And so you hold on and you carry these burdens and you find that, that, you cannot carry the burdens of the whole congregation. I don't care what size it is. You find yourself emotionally exhausted. So just so you, in fact, we're celebrating about a year ago when a young gentleman in my congregation took his own life. Um, and you sit there through that season, you know, as you're talking to the wife on the phone in the middle of the night, um, and it, you just kind of have this season of numbness, right? You don't know how to respond and you're just emotionally drained. And yet the church members and the family members, as you're walking through the process, have this expectation, um, that you, uh, are going to be a source of strength for them as a pastor. And so the challenge that you find is that you find yourself, if you don't have some self-care, if you don't pause, if you don't take some time for yourself and, and recharge, you find that you have these seasons where you just find yourself overwhelmed, emotionally exhausted, and it causes great stress and anxiety in the life of a pastor, which is which are components of negative mental health. And we know that components of positive mental health combat negative mental health. And so when you have those seasons, I'll just pick on again that season of love a year ago. Uh, I had several people from the church reach out to me and ask how I was doing. Um, and, and that meant a lot. And, and to know that they were praying for me and to know um, that they weren't uh, expecting me to carry this burden by myself. And so, but again, I had to pause and make sure that I noticed that and that I recognized that and that I received that. So pastors often will hear these things like, how are you doing? Or we're praying for you, or uh, we, we, we know this is tough for you. And if they don't pause and go, wait a second, that actually affirms me. That builds up my positive mental health. I don't have to walk through this alone. There are people with me. Uh, I receive the prayers and the Holy Spirit can use those people to build you up. But you have to intentionally decide to do that. Both as a church member and as a pastor, as a church member, you know, intent, be intentional about 
sharing with your pastor that you're praying for them. If you're not praying for them, please do, as this is Pastor's uh, Appreciation Month. Uh, but also, I, I think that it's important for pastors to pause on a regular basis. I do it daily and sometimes in the moment. And some again, right, this is my area of expertise. This is what I've studied. I understand that. But even in the moment, go, wow, you know, thank you. Uh, that lady who just responded to me yesterday, oh, the, all these prayer requests, I don't know how you handle it. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> you know, even though I'm thinking, well, that's what pastors do. They receive prayer requests. I mean, that's just what we do. But to hear that actually made me pause and go, thank you, Lord, that I have someone who is, who is praying for me and, and, and is looking out for me. So um, guard yourself against emotional exhaustion, I believe is the first step in, um, in burnout. I truly believe that if you as a pastor can guard yourself against emotional exhaustion, um, then you will not suffer the depersonalization and the lack of personal accomplishment. Um, I believe that there is a, a domino effect or, what, or a scaffolding to this, and it starts with emotional exhaustion. So what are some just practical tips? Well, if you're emotionally exhausted, you need to tell somebody. If you have a spouse, you need to be able to tell them. Um, for sure, um, because it'll come out in your relationship with your spouse. If you have trusted friends that are either in or out of the church, just let them know I'm struggling. I'm, I'm just feeling overwhelmed and emotionally exhausted and I'm stressed and I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and, and then if your elder board, they need to know or your, however your board is set up at your church, the leaders in your church, they need to know. And then obviously you want to be honest with God. And God does not expect you to do this without his help. In fact, you're supposed to draw from him for everything. And when you're emotionally exhausted, um, you just need to lay yourself at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I, I need him. And so that means taking time. If it means you carve out an hour in your schedule a day to, to either sleep in, take a nap, go on a walk, uh, do an activity that you enjoy, or just rest um, in, in God's word, then you need to do that. And so again, um, it, it's really when it, it's incumbent upon us as pastors, when we recognize that emotional exhaustion is the, the, the gateway, I would say, or the beginning of burnout, it's important for us to pause. Um, and